Hey, what's up today on the Burn This World podcast? We are talking to Telly Smith, the vocalist of The Word Alive. We talk about stuff from whenever he first started getting into touring and all that sort of stuff to working with Riot Games and League of Legends, and then even talk about the future of our genre and what bands are really going to uh, be the mainstay artists for the future of our genre. And so let's get into this episode, but first I need to tell you to head over to burnthisworld.com Click on join the community, come hang out with us, get all sorts of behind the scenes stuff for the Browning, Death X Destiny, and the podcast. And it's just a good community of people like you and people like me. So come kick it, burnthisworld.com, hit join the community, and come say what's up. All right, let's get into this. I'm Johnny McBee. You're listening to the Burn This World podcast. Hey, what's up here with Telly Smith? How you doing today? I'm doing great today. Good. Weather as good as always in California, I assume. It, it is quite quite beautiful out today, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's why I just drove by a gas station last night. I posted it. There's gap like the regular gas is six ninety nine near my house. And <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And yeah, good weather, terrible prices on everything. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. Six ninety nine. It's three twenty where I am. I'm in Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to be visiting Tennessee. I uh, fly in on Sunday, and um, I I'm looking forward to. I'm going to do like a little trip up and see my dad, and my grandparents. Awesome. And I'm like, okay, like doing a little road trip there versus here is is a lot different. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's a good part of the country. I feel like Tennessee is kind of like a a hidden gem a little bit. There's a lot of people moving here, but I mean, you get mountains like, you know, you get mountains, you get rivers, waterfalls. I live like five minutes from 10 waterfalls. Like it's a, it really is a hidden gem here. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. And, um, more, more and more people are coming here from California. That's for sure. Yeah. I I have a lot of friends who have, and they've been recruiting me (laughs) trying to get, trying to get me to come out there to Nashville and, you know, work in studios and just, you know, yeah. I, I don't know that um, I could handle coming back. I grew up in the Midwest and I grew up in, in Ohio, but then coming to Tennessee every every summer. And I'm like, I don't I haven't prepared myself mentally for the idea of like 95 and humidity. <laughs> um, but um, it is something that I'm like, you know, I I do love Tennessee and right. a lot of the rest of the year is great. Yeah, for sure. And it like, it's kind of hard to compare the weather to California cause it just is way too nice, but everything else has just gotten too bad there. <laughs> I feel there, there's a lot of stuff here that, yeah, it's not ideal. I would say. Yeah. And so you mentioned studio work. Um, it was one of the topics I really wanted to talk to you about was like you doing the songs with league of legends and yeah. is that sort of stuff something you're trying to like gear yourself more towards now? Yeah, so that kind of started me in I think now I've done like five or six songs with Riot Games yeah. now. Um and it definitely like from that first time and just building that relationship with them, seeing how their writers and um producers um just how they work and they work like year round and you know, sometimes it's like, you know, for the world's anthem, um, for example, yeah. it's like that song takes 
months and months to make like and they're like fixating on every little detail of it and and to me like that's so sick because you know you and i come from a world where like it would be like tour 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 stop for a second write and record hopefully the best thing you've ever done and then go (laughs) you know and it's like that's not necessarily conducive to like the best art and so being able to sit with things being able to take your time being like very intentional it was it was just very inspiring like working with those guys and then when we did our second project and then you know they, they were like well you do some stuff that you know we don't really like specialize and so we kind of want to bring you in and see like how you think about working with us on on this other project and that's how uh, me working on the Pentakill project came to be and and so yeah I'm just I, I love working with them in general. I think, you know, the video game world, the gaming world and the music world, like just it's such a perfect marriage and it's really like underutilized yeah. um, compared to, I think, how much it will be like within the next two to five years. Yeah, definitely. And I I got pretty fascinated with League of Legends um, music realm whenever they first started dropping like these music videos for like lore background um mm-hmm. the first one that i really was like jesus this is crazy was the amumu music video um okay. the song for that is just wild and the imagery they do riot games specifically i think stepped up the level of cinematics that video game companies have to do and the fact that they're a game company that uses game lore to write music and they have so many monthly listeners i mean it's smart they're generating a a semi passive income you know through their company for something that's completely you know kind of irrelevant to the game but they're just they're a really smart forward thinking company like that it's super smart yeah they they really are and they you know the the way that they value their fans and the world building and the you know leaning into the lore of the game and the characters like they really did kind of lay the blueprint out for other companies to follow to not only expand you know your game beyond the the gaming universe itself it's like it's carrying over into you know people's daily lives when you incorporate the music Mm -hmm. when you have you know things like the the videos it's like they're inspiring people to be gamers to be videographers to be you know working you know from the cinematic side clear over to the music and um game development like it's just they've created like this ecosystem of creatives that is just unmatched in gaming to to me and the way that they listen to, to their audience, listen to their fans. I, you know, I don't know that there's anyone else that like truly, and I can genuinely say this because I've been there, like when they're having certain conversations and, you know, they really do care about the quality of the product. You know, if you, say switch to something like call of duty where you know it's like i love call of duty certain ones but it just seems like you know when the the players are like i love this thing it'll be like okay well the players all love this and they're they're vibing with it let's take it away (laughs) you know it's like they like do the opposite of like um you know try to please not please but like when you do something right like it's okay to celebrate that and and keep you know that growing and going yeah so i i think like what league of legends through riot games like what they do really well is a lot of times like they at least 
listen to the feedback and they're like, okay, is this realistic for us to update or change or shift or whatever it is? And, yeah. and I don't know a company that makes the money that they make that ultimately could be like, if you don't like it, don't play it, it you know, mm-hmm. but they're not like that. They're like the biggest game ever. It's the most yeah. played video game of all time. For sure. And so to, to, to do that, to accomplish that. And then, you know, to me, it's why, it's why they stay on top. It's because they care so much about their fans. They care about the experience and then they provide these, you know, alternate experiences outside of the game itself that just draw you in even deeper. Definitely. Yeah, they do it big. Um, and I went to a midsummer invitational one year, um, like one of the big live events and it really is all their stuff is totally next level. And it's, it's good to pay attention to what the people that are consuming your product do. It's one of um, the main game I play and have played since 2001 is old school runescape. And um, okay. they don't put, it. they don't put anything into their game that doesn't get voted in with like a 70% approval from the community. That's pretty sick. And if every, if everything was like that, the world would be a better place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so I just, absolutely. It, it just really takes into account what people are looking for. And um, you stream on Twitch and I streamed for a long time. I actually got into streaming because um, I it was forcing myself to write more. Uh, you know how it is being a musician. Sometimes it can be mm-hmm. hard to get yourself to get up and actually just work on the music. And uh, yeah. I so I started streaming on Twitch and it kind of created this same sort of thing for me. It was an instant um, like response with fans watching me write music live and so i'm basically writing music that my fans are telling me to write like in that moment um and so this stuff that you've um experienced with working with riot games with league uh have you tried implementing any sort of this stuff with like what you're doing with your with the word alive or any of your solo music or anything like that so i think yes and no like um I I definitely took a lot more time with uh, the Word of Lives album and with what I was writing and listening to different parts and and instead of just being like oh yeah that's like pretty cool it'd be like uh, like can, can we make this part better can we is there a better sound like um, you know just diving into the song on a deeper level so like to me the production. Um, for our new record, Hard Reset, um, with maybe the exception of Dark Matter, because Matt Good just like became a psychopath and actually <laughs> like spent countless hours working on the production side. But with the exception of that, there's definitely no record that we've ever done that is like this in depth from like a production standpoint and like little nuances and you know whether it's like a side chaining certain sounds and then something intentional comes to the forefront at a certain moment like there are just all these little things that exist because of having you know that experience and seeing how they write and work and the layers that they Mm -hmm. like they will focus on they'll spend a month on just like a snare you know and it's like (laughs) It, now, granted, they have they have that ability to to do that, and the financial, you know, backing that supports being able to take that much time right. on certain things. But you know, as a whole, it's just like, again, like 
I think the intention and the the end goal and the quality of every layer of a song is so important. And to me, that's like the biggest thing that I've tried to take away from it is every part of a song can matter whether you hear it or feel it like that's, um, you know, to be determined, but every part of a song, you know, could make the song that much better to someone, whether they, it's a subliminal reason or not. So I, I think it definitely had an impact and, um, you know, it it just made me like have a, a different mindset with like the writing and recording. Definitely. I mean, especially with bands, um, that are, that go a little bit beyond with production like what my music does or what the word of life has done and bands like that in the modern world having those extra production elements with synths and even percussive like electronic elements it's all about like these layers that like you said provide something like i actually just did a track breakdown of our new song we dropped and went through like the production side and I said it a million times. You guys probably aren't going to hear this, but if it wasn't there, it wouldn't be the same. Like there's, there's something in the background going. Yep. And like, if it wasn't there, it wouldn't be the same. You would notice, but you wouldn't, you know? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. No, I, that it's so true. And to me, like, that's one of my favorite parts about, you know, the writing recording process is, is having all the little nuances mm-hmm. that end up making a song feel the way that like you want it to. Yeah. One of the first bands that I ever paid attention to that, that stood out to me was Linkin Park. Yep. And like even little things like whenever Mike is rapping, they'll do like a little glitch fade in of his voice into certain parts, you know, just a little subtle, like glitchy voice thing. And that got sort of stuff. Like you said, sets a vibe and just you in. takes yeah. a, it takes a whole nother level. Yeah, there to me, it's like when when those things sort of happen, it's like it doesn't allow you to fade out from the song. Like yeah. as you're listening, it like pulls you into like a new sound or something's a little bit different from how it was the last time you heard it. Um, and I know that uh, it's it's something that, like in country is used. Um, very consistently where you never like no chorus is exactly the same no verse is exactly the same yeah. whereas a lot of a lot of um you know popness can be that way rocks that way a lot of times yeah where it's like maybe the second verse is the exact same like uh hi-hat hits like it's, mm-hmm. and in in country it's like every single time there's a new part at least something has to change a little bit because mm-hmm. it does something in your brain where it's like you're not introducing even necessarily a new instrument but it yeah. feels different and so i i definitely tried to do that across like this entire record there is no yeah. chorus or verse or anything that is is identical to the you know like first or definitely second, whatever it is the um I was watching a video recently um, from, I forget the YouTube channel, but it was talking about the rule of thirds in music. It's something that we do that Mm. we just naturally feel, but if you really think about it, it stands true. And it's every third time something happens, it has to alter in some way. Yeah. Whether you reduce it or, you know, expand on it every third time, something has to happen. Um, And because it helps it resolve. That's why a lot of times in like a course you might get, you know, the same pattern of the vocal repeats the first two times, then the third time they go like super high. And then the fourth time they bring it back down to like resolve it. And so every third time you have to do something different uh, or people get bored. 
Hello, listener. I'm stopping in this podcast to ask you, do you need some coffee? Because I know I do always. And so we have a nice sponsor on this podcast called Bleh Coffee. They are a metal-inspired coffee company that hook up a bunch of different metal artists, including this podcast. So head over to burnthisworld.com slash coffee and click on the link to get you some Bleh Coffee. Why would you buy coffee from a company that doesn't even like metal? Don't. Buy it from Bleh. Appreciate you. Head over to burnthiswall.com slash coffee and uh, get you some. All right, let's get back into it. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. It's it, it's really it's really fun to to be able to kind of unlock a little bit of the the math behind music, mm-hmm. and that is actually something specifically that some of the guys um, at Riot have mentioned with me. Is is that they're like there is an element of math to songwriting, and it doesn't mean you're gonna make the same exact thing as someone else or that you're just trying to make it a carbon copy of something popular. It just means that there are certain things that make you feel a certain way when you hear them. And so it's like if you there, for instance, trying to write like a, a pump up song or like song, it's like, man, like this gave me chills. Like this makes me want to go and like climb a mountain. It's like there are certain things you have to do and rising moments that you have to have. So it's like when you for just going back to them it's like when you have an idea of like a character already it would be like writing a soundtrack almost is a good way of looking at it you know the story so you're just creating to to tell that story story through the music and so to me it's got to be such a fun experience because you're like okay they know what say like the world's anthem theme is and they know what the cinematic what they're what they're trying to build and and create so then they get to write that song and to me like that's got to be so fun definitely yeah i got i i've actually slapped myself a couple uh applications over to them throughout the years <laughs> really one yeah it's uh because i feel like it's a lot of musicians and producers dreams is to work in some to put the music to some sort of visual, whether it's music or video or I mean, movies or video games or something to have it have a proper visual representation would be so fun. Um, And so it's really cool that you're doing that. Um, It's an opportunity that um, I'm glad you're taking advantage of it, but, and, you know, really trying to dig into it because it's something that a lot of people um, would really love to have. And so it's good that you're, that you took it seriously and everything. I'm, I can appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I, I told them when, you know, when I first tried out my, before I like really tried out, um, for the first song, I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I know nothing about your game, but I do know this. I, the, I had not gone home to Ohio for like a couple years when I first moved out here and I came home and I, and I'm close to my brothers and my youngest brother He's like, I got to go. And I'm like, I just got, I haven't seen you in two years. What are you talking about? You have to go. And he's like, it's worlds. And this is like back in maybe the first or second one when it was in LA. Like, I don't even know what year this would have been exactly. 2008 or nine, maybe somewhere, somewhere around there. And um, I'm like, what the fuck is worlds? <laughs> and, and, and then he's like, it's the thing it's for video game. Like, and I'm like, you're leaving 
your brother and your family to go watch a <laughs> video game? Right. Like, what are you talking about? So I told them the story and I was like, all I know is how much it means to the players. Because right. if my brother was willing to like, hadn't seen me for two years and was like, I got to go. I'm like, that's all I needed to know about the song and, and what you guys are trying to accomplish. Yeah. And um, they said I was the only person that that told the truth probably about, right. about how much they, their knowledge of the game or, or whatnot. So mm-hmm. they, they appreciated that. But, yeah, you know, I, I think music, is, it's obviously my favorite thing on earth. I, I want to create music every day until the day I die. And so being able to have an opportunity that's outside of the word alive just presents more likelihood that I'll be able to do that. So to me, it's, it's really fun, but it's also like a means for me to do what I love. Yeah. And, uh, that actually bridges really good into one of my things I had written down here. Um, cause I actually just found out like no joke less than two years ago that you were singing in Greeley estates. I had no freaking clue. About that. Well, I actually was a uh, bass and backup vocals. Oh, you were in Greeley, okay. and I sang for uh, in Fear and Faith, though. Okay, first. yeah, and so, but I had no idea that you were a part of that in general. No idea, and so I it kind of blew my mind because, like, we, me and my sister went to Warp Tour way back in the day, specifically to see like Greeley Estates, Billy Talent, and so, um, oh yeah, that was an interesting. Oh, they're probably close to my favorite band of all time. They're l- l- endlessly listenable. Yeah. I agree. And um, so opportunities was one of the things I wanted to talk about because you've been, you know, in the touring world and a lot of people listening to this podcast are um, dudes and bands that are starting up and trying to get these opportunities and whatnot. Um, What was the biggest difference of like landing certain opportunities back when you were with Greeley um, or even in Fear and Faith days uh, versus like opportunities now? Like what what's the i don't know like back then landing opportunities versus landing opportunities now like what was the big difference you know what like i think to a certain extent it's kind of the same um now i think it's harder now in some ways because everyone has more access to information everyone has more it's more of an even playing field and so you have like millions of people that are like oh I would have never known how to do this, but now there's like this YouTube tutorial and now I know how to do this. And, oh, now there's a website that tells me like contacts for every booking agent, manager, yeah. label, A&R, uh, producers, like on earth. Like that didn't exist when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the the thing that has maintained, you know, kind of a similar, I guess, open door pathway is just putting yourself out there like i i feel like i work pretty hard i try to treat people the right way and when i'm introduced into you know situations i think i'm like i'm looking at things like a lot of different ways like when i would go to a show i wasn't just like oh this is fun i was like oh like i'm seeing the guitar techs on stage and like how they're watching and doing this and then i'm i'm seeing the merch guy do this and okay i hear something about a tour manager what's a tour manager what do they do like mm-hmm. i always looked at things where i wanted to learn everything that has to do with it not just what i wanted to do and that's how i go into most 
things like um and i think that comes back from when i was playing sports which were like my first love and i was super Mm -hmm. into that but it's like when you're preparing for a game you don't just like prepare for yourself it's like you your teammates learning what they're good at not good at learning the other team that you know like that you have to look at the big picture of everything that you're trying to uh, quote unquote win and the music industry is kind of like that in sports it's like you know you have to see you have to be aware of the changes that are being made from like the business side and on the on the more industry side then you also have to be aware of what you're creating that like what is your intention the marketing side you're having to then have fan interaction because now technically you are a brand and a business so you have like you know uh right games you have whatever your fan rating you know is like that that does come into play because if you want to keep making music you have to have people who care about it yeah. and so there's just like so there are so many layers and levels to why a band is successful and mm. a lot of people are like oh they just got lucky and i'm yeah. like you have to put yourself in a position to be lucky yeah and so for me I'm going to take care of my voice. I'm going, you know, on tour, like I, I don't, you know, party hard and like lose my voice all the time. Like when I was younger, I just didn't even know how to like maintain my voice or save it mm-hmm. or recover. And, you know, we would be like driving and I, we would get to off stage and I like blow up my voice, but then I would also drive for eight hours and then not go to bed until, you know, nine or 10 in the morning, sleep for a few hours, right. do that. And I'm like, why is my voice not coming back? <laughs> of course it's not going to come back. So I think this is a long-winded way of saying just like you have to be focused. You have to understand what you're doing, what you're trying to do, and then learn everything around you that you possibly can because sometimes the conversations I have with someone that have led to opportunities have nothing to do with me singing. Mm -hmm. It's me understanding maybe what they do and being able to have that conversation and when you when you expose yourself to as many different types of people and you know jobs within the industry and then you're learning about all those jobs you're just going to be naturally able to relate to people more to understand what they're going through or maybe like if they're like man like it's a hard really hard you know month right now for this and you can be in that conversation with them so then now when they are talking to another person they're they're going to recall if someone's like, Hey, like, do you know of any singers or, or people who do this? And it's like, because you've invested into them, they're going to invest into you. So I just try to like genuinely do so. Like you can't just like, Oh, I mean, you can, I see people do it all the time, but um, (laughs) you can't just be like fake going around trying to like fake being a friend, but you can be respectful and you can be genuinely trying to learn. And I think that, you know, is a huge part of a lot of the opportunities I've got are I want to work with friends. I want to work with people mm-hmm. I have a good time creating with, a good time brain, um, you know, uh, what am I thinking? Brainstorming. Um, brainstorming. Yes, thank you. I was brain farting and brainstorming. <laughs> um, you know, like I enjoy that and I want to make sure that people feel good and feel heard when I'm in those environments. So I just think like, I'm not the best at anything, but I do feel like I care so much about what I want to do that it's inevitably led me to caring about the whole 
picture instead of only what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think that like stands out to people and people see that I'm going to give a, above a hundred percent in all that I do. And that's kind of what I'm known for. Like yeah. that's how, one of the reasons Riot brought me back. They were like, you didn't just like you went from not knowing the game at all to like pl- you started playing the game. You learned the community. You understood different characters. You invested your time into this. You slayed it at worlds. Like it was funny. Like we're over in South Korea and um, you know, obviously you and I get this, we tour singing, screaming, like my voice is more, I'm used to sleeping in a van. Like my voice is way more durable than like a pop singer who's like has every perfect conditions almost (laughs) all the time. So like, and this was perfect conditions as a stadium show. Like I had like 12 people just to make sure that like my in-ear mix and my voice is good and, and I'm comfortable and relaxed. Like it was the most pampered and taken care of I've ever been. So I'm like, after rehearsals, like I'm having some old fashions at the bar, like with like the crew and different people who are involved in the show. And some people just started being like, man, like, you know, Telly is like hanging out a lot. Like he's talking a lot to people and like, is he going to be okay to like do the show? And everyone was just like walking on eggshells because they didn't want to like say anything to me, but they were like apparently really worried (laughs) that I was going to bomb the show. And because I was acting so like nonchalant and I was like, and then I did it. And then everyone told me afterwards, they were like, literally like one of the producers was freaking out. (laughs) He was like, I didn't want to like take him out of his element. If he's, if he has his like, thing that he has to do before the shows right. you know because i had like a, a a couple of shots of soju before i went on stage and everyone's just like what's gonna happen i'm like guys like i've done like five <laughs> warp tours right. like the, me singing for three and a half minutes is literally nothing right and so afterwards they were just like okay like you know you come from a world where like it's just you work so much harder than the people that we're used to working with have ever had to yeah and so i love that like i love coming from our scene and then getting you know intertwined with this more mainstream side because to me i just get to have fun because i've done the grind i've done the the hard tours the yeah. sleepless nights and and then you have to sing at like 10 a.m. or whatever <laughs> like to me i'm like Oh, worlds is like n- not a problem at all. It's, right. it's really peaceful actually for me. So I just got to enjoy it. And so I would say to any person, like you have to have fun, but I would just say, be like a sponge, just soak up yeah. as much as you can, because there will be a conversation that you have that this thing that you learned that feels like there's no necessary reason for you to n- have this knowledge. I'm like, I have the most random facts or things that are just somehow stored in my brain and somehow, some way one obscure thing always comes back and it helps me in a certain conversation that Mm -hmm. leads to something great. Definitely. And, uh, it, it sounds to me like with, uh, what you're saying with it is to be like really intentative to what's happening around you and also be really intentional with what you're doing. Yeah. And, because whenever you're intentional about your purpose, you're going to pay more attention to you know what you're doing. If you're going to every show that you're doing just to party, um, you're going to miss out on a lot of things that could maybe help you. One conversation with someone that you know might spark something. The amount of people that are touring musicians because they just were, um, you know, putting themselves in that position, huge, absolutely huge. And uh, 
Yeah, and, and with the uh, with the vocal stuff, it, I mean, people that started off doing vocals like us, where we just figured it out, um, our voices have been through absolute crap over the years. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yep, it, it is funny um, hearing that that they are freaking out about it. I'm sure they sit there, they're sipping tea and not talking for 48 hours before and all that sort of stuff. It's hilarious. Yeah, um, no, they they are and. <laughs> And, they ha- and everything like has to be a certain way, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, Whatever. exactly. It's that's funny, and I also agree um, about people that have done uh, particularly in um, some sort of starting off from the ground up touring, and particularly in the metal scene. I've whenever COVID started, I started up a business, and I've always thought in my head if I put as much energy into something that could really make money as I put into my band, I would be like hyper successful. And that was 100% true. I think that touring musicians have some, this like entrepreneurial drive that no one else can have because like some of these musicians will tour at the bottom level for freaking 12 years before one thing works. And as an entrepreneur, that's a sort of drive that most people don't have to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's, um, it's so true. And um, recently, actually, a friend of mine said kind of a similar thing of like, do you understand like the drive that it takes to to be this sustained within a, a ecosystem that is kind of designed to make artists fail? Right. And I was like, I never really thought of it like that because I feel like as, as artists in, in this industry, especially in our genre it's almost like survival mode yeah you know the whole time because it isn't everything changes there's always something new different uh, you know whatever is transpiring in the world um new laws even regulations mm-hmm. that like impact the ability to make money or not make money someone is always trying to take more <laughs> and more and more from what we do yeah and then look at us and be like oh well you're the artist so just like do, do this because you love it and it's like bro i'm i'm 37 like right. i'm trying to you know take care of my family um so it's it's just one of those things where i i had to look back and be like yeah like this is kind of crazy that you know i've been doing this for over 15 years and the only the only way that i still am is because of like this i don't know this drive that just will not yeah. fade and and i've definitely also um expanded that into other things and anything i put 100 percent into i've i've been successful at yeah. my whole life and Definitely. i think that's most people just don't give 100 percent to things in their lives yeah and, or very quick to give up with failure and in yes. in what we've done we've you know i mean our our second tour we ever did was us and like miles the flames playing to five people a night like yeah both of us could have given up after that, but both of us have stuck around, you know? And that's literally half the battle is just lasting. Yeah. Like, and, you know, when we all started, I'm sure you probably felt the same way. At least most people I talk to um, do. When, when I started playing in music, like my idea was not like, I want to be the biggest band in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't even think about making a full length record. I just <laughs> initially was like, I, I think it would be sick to like go in a studio and record a song, a song. Uh-huh. And then when I did that, then it was like, 
oh, well, I want to do more songs. And then maybe, okay, instead of playing these shows, like, wait, band's tour? Okay, well, I think going on tour would be sick. And then you have, okay, um, you know, you you just like sp- yeah, find yourself falling down these stairs into like, you look at, and you're like, whoa, I've been doing this for two years. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I'll never make it to five. And then you hit five and you're like, well, that's kind of crazy. And then you hit 10, you're like, oh shit. Like, I guess this is, <laughs> it like takes 10 years to be like, okay, this is what I, this is real. And this is what I do. Definitely. And it's it, anyone that goes into it with the opposite intention, it doesn't work out ever. You uh, know, yeah. someone gets yeah. too greedy and it just, it, I've seen so many bands that go get so hyped for a second and just freaking tank because one person was way too like rock star greedy and ruins the band because of it. Yeah. And um, yeah. And <clears throat> speaking of rock stars, <laughs> this is kind of a, and I have a couple, I have two more questions written down and um, it's like, you guys have really, um, you know, your sound now has progressed in uh, certain directions uh, and that is, it's a lot more, kind of at least in my opinion uh sounds a lot more like active rock and you know with with the hints of metalcore um is that something that was intentional or is that just where the band is going um you know it's funny because i think just naturally my voice is kind of that um you know i i think i grew up on classic rock pop music and then you know new metal mm-hmm. and you know like lincoln park and um deftones and, and stuff like that but then i have this tinge of like the post-hardcore world yeah. M- you know metalcore specifically i was never even into it until i joined you know like probably Greeley, and yeah. then i was like okay like august burns red that this is sick as i dines fucking sick um so i i came like more that direction and then I think just as we got older and we did it like to us, we felt like we wrote so many metalcore riffs yeah. and breakdowns and things to where we felt like we could do more. And we were like, we aren't that band that needs to only do one style yeah. or thing. And then I think that lane was like too wide. And so with hard reset, like it's intentionally like pulling things back to where we're I, I want us to maintain like our roots to a certain extent, but I do want to, you know, not be pigeonholed to it at the same time. Yeah. And it's like when, when we want to be like really heavy, I want it to be really heavy and I want it to feel, you know, f- like punch you in your face. Mm-hmm. But then there's other times where I'm like, I want it to be pretty or I want it to be melodic or yeah. I want this to feel like, you know, very, um, desperate and and so we're always going to play around with what we do i think in general though right now our whatever there's a million subgenres, but <laughs> you know our relative genre is pushing through into a mainstream in a similar way that like say corn and Limp biscuit did like yeah. in the 90s early 2000s where i don't necessarily think that we sound like the active rock that people think when they say active rock, like I don't feel like we sound anything like Shine Down, for instance, right. um, we, who are great, and and I lo- I love Zach and the boys. They're they are sweethearts, but we don't sound like that, you know. To me, yeah. I just think our, you know, demographic of alt alt metal, metalcore, whatever. 
I just think it's becoming more and more mainstream. And so, you know, like I think a band like more on the deathcore side, like say Lorna Shore breaking through and having all these, you know, YouTube and TikTok moments and, and things where it's like vocal coaches are like blown away. I just think we're starting to get like respected as like something more than noise. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was a singer first and then I learned how to scream and then I learned how to scream and I felt like I did everything for the screaming side that I could do. Then I tried to expand my singing again. And then now I'm just trying to do everything I can do and then just try to figure out what's next for me from the the singing standpoint. But I think when you think the word alive, I, I want it to be in a perfect world we are all the things. We're a metalcore band. We're yeah. a post-hardcore band. We're an alt-metal band. We're, a, if you want to call us active rock, sure. Like, um, to me, I just want us to be that band that you could listen to and you can have. You could listen in the gym. You could listen when you're sad. You can right. listen when you're happy and need some inspiration or feeling like uplifted or whatever, you know. And I, I think, hopefully, when it's all said and done, we could be celebrated for. Mm. the variation within our music instead of like man i wish they did this like you know those songs are not going anywhere and when we play them live like we just did 15 uh years um of the word alive we played 15 songs we did at least one song from every album and and even back to our ep and i'm like those songs are fun but like a lot of the people from that era you know of our band they're my age or they're they're like married with kids and yep. they have this like they're not the ones who are necessarily like coming to the shows and if they are like they're you know i'm too old to mosh or right. whatever <laughs> it is so it's like we can't really help or dictate what the crowd participation is like right. at the shows it's just as we've progressed throughout our career i think we've gained more and more fans that do enjoy the variation of us yep. but the internet is a different that's a different beast as we both know for sure yeah um and i I, I think i I think it's okay to be quote-unquote active rock um now versus i think the radio rock dad rock thing i totally understand and i hear that and i don't want our songs to feel that way either because to me a lot of those songs feel forced and like gimmicky and just like you you're just like rhyming words like (laughs) we gotta rise up to the thing not you know not to take away from rise but (laughs) you know what i mean like it's there's a difference and i i don't want to be that band right that that to me is not what the word alive is or ever it has strived to be and so i hope that whatever we are now can just be accepted as like this is this is who we are and I, hopefully people fuck with it i mean clearly they do i th- i feel like what we need is it, it almost needs the 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 metalcore bands that have transitioned in this way um just naturally it it does have a it's like hard to put it somewhere because it's not i wouldn't necessarily deem it metalcore but i also wouldn't deem it active rock it's almost like we need a new terminology for it <laughs> like well we really someone do. called it modern metal or mo- uh, what do they call it and then someone called it pop metal, pop metal, and and I was like, yeah. you know, there are just so many things. Like we've been classified as a screamo band, a post hardcore band, a metalcore band, yeah. an alt metal band, uh, a modern metalcore band. Like 
And to me, I'm like, that's five, that's five different to, to this person genres. Right. And def- I'm like, all, all of it is rock music. Right. You know, it, it, it's all just a subgenre of rock. And what rock is to me is usually it's music that has lyrical content that is more likely to be something meaningful to yep. like a direct personal experience in life. Like we're talking about real shit. Like, you know, now obviously there are bands that sing about fun things or whatnot, and, and that's fine too. But we're just like writing our stories mm-hmm. and writing what we go through and the fan experience from all the stories we hear from fans. Yep. And I think that's just like, whatever it is, it's like, can we all just agree that like, whatever it is, it's good for the soul because (laughs) we're just all talking about like real shit. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, getting into the classifications is definitely something that, uh, gets to me because my band is stupid and the (laughs) all over the freaking place. And so it really, the classifications don't matter. And it's one thing that I really love, um, particularly about like going over to Europe is you go, you go play a festival in Europe and those people are getting down no matter what it is, as long as it's aggressive and has like, that tone to it they're get they don't care about no subgenres you know no no they they do not and that's most places in the world the the US is the we hold the majority of elitism right, within, definitely <laughs> you know he- heavy music and it has gotten so disconnected that you know i do feel like what's happening is a shift where it's starting to come back and we see bands like whether bad omens or sleep token i prevail continuing to crush motionless and white getting bigger than ever it's like i feel like a corner has been turned where people are starting to they're gonna have to accept that like they're wrong like if Mm -hmm. people are like motionless should go back and they just suck because they're not there bring me (laughs) a horizon people are like oh they're better when they're a deathcore band it's like they can be all the things that they have always been right and their songs are not they didn't go anywhere and maybe it's okay to like celebrate bands you love whether they make every single song that you love or not shouldn't even matter like right. i've never felt that way once in my life like i love deftones there's probably 40 percent of deftone songs that i don't really connect with or yeah. like but i would never feel like you know what i gotta go online and tell chino he sucks <laughs> and like to me that's like mental illness right i don't don't understand that i I, i've never felt that way about anything in my life like um yeah i agree it's just a strange phenomenon that i think because just because of you know our age we our generation is not really like that yeah um but i mean some of some of us have been sucked into that but (laughs) i'm not like that at all yeah and so to me it's just funny i'm like look like you can say what you want and and maybe you like that and that's what's beautiful about music it's it is subjective and if you don't connect with something that's totally fine but if millions and millions of people are connected with something like you're probably wrong right and and that's that's just how it goes exactly and it's so funny you mentioned that how you mentioned the deftones thing about you know knocking down a lot of their music and i just got in into some stuff online because i was doing an interview and Someone asked me, who's a band that, you know, you're not really down with, like, all their music? And I I mentioned Korn. I said, Korn writes the best music and sometimes the weirdest music. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, and I, there, a lot of people agreed with me, but the people that didn't, oh, my God, dude. They were literally, you know, 
saying to kill myself and all that stuff. Like, yeah. I'm just like, Jesus, this is music, dude. <laughs> it's like someone asking me, what food do you like? And I'm, or don't like, and I'm like, I don't really like sauerkraut. And they're like, wow, really? You're an idiot. It's like, yep. it's crazy. People get so offended about certain little opinions like that. Cause that's it, music is I subjective. Just, it's opinions. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, you know, when people say like, go touch grass or whatever, I'm like, I kind of understand it. It's like, Listen, if if you just turned off social media for a week yep. and lived in the real world, like how much of your life would actually really change? Probably not at all, really. <laughs> yeah. And that is kind of indicative of like your opinion. Yeah. It's like everyone has an opinion, but like does it really matter with most things? Absolutely not. Yeah, and exactly. It's like people are going to do what they feel called to do or they're going to appreciate things that they like. Yeah. And I just don't. I don't care. Like if you said my favorite artist in the world is Beyonce, I'd be like, sick. <laughs> right. <laughs> cool. Yeah. You know, it, 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 do, it doesn't impact my life at all. Yeah. And even if it did, I'd still be like, well, that's your life. Yep. That's what you like. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think, I think there's like a lot of people care, which is a cool thing. Cause if no one cared, then, you know, we wouldn't have careers, but um, you know, people care in a way where it's like, okay, you're, I don't even understand what it is because I've never had the, right. that feeling myself. I can't really relate to it, but I'm like, because you care about this part of my life or this thing that I've done, it's made you think that you should have an opinion on every single thing that I say or do. <laughs> yeah. And that's just not realistic. That's hundred. That's crazy. hundred percent. And uh, this, we keep bridging my questions that I've written down perfectly. And so this is working out. Uh, I love that. Uh, the speaking of opinions, my last question that I really have for you, um, would you? I think you might have t touched on it slightly, but who will be the future of rock and metal? Like we have, we're coming to an era where these huge, huge mainstay bands are not going to exist. You know, Metallica. Yeah. You know, these yep. these bands aren't going to exist within the next fifteen years. So, who who do you yep. see in the modern world that? can hold that sort of, you know, um, that sort of presence in rock and metal? You know, I think there was a conversation um, going around in some of my circles and, and with some of my friends who are like talent buyers. And they were like, this is probably 2017, 20 to 2019, around those two years. And people were genuinely worried. They're like, what are we going to do it when – you know, Metallica, Avenged, um, yeah. you know, Megadeth, whatever, all the big bands that you always are seeing, like at the top of the bills, or, uh, you know, what what are we going to do? Like, who's going to break through? Well, and then Bring Me started to break through. Yep. And then Architects had their moment, especially in Europe, um, with which those festivals are arguably just the best in the world anyways um and then you have you know sleep token bad omens whether it's from i prevail motionless falling in reverse like there uh and then you have on the heavier heavier side you have knock loose lorna shore it's like i feel like we are like in a golden age actually where um you know and parkway drive is, i think is taking kind of that metallica-esque you know spot in for festivals like really big loud metal production um and, which is fucking sick got electric and, cowboy and and i think then you have you know spirit box you know where it's like 
really atmospheric and it's almost like them and bad omens like you it's like going in entering the matrix you know watching them live yeah i think with technology advancing with these bands being able to connect with their fans the way they do i have a feeling that you know a a pretty good group of you know our peers are going to carry our generation into those slots in a way where I actually think we're more prepared to to grow to that level than the generation before us because I think when you add in the the show like the entertainment factor of the show itself yep. just technology alone you're like in it it's it feels so um immersive compared to and not that Metallica isn't iconic and one of the greatest bands of all time and influential all these things, but going and seeing Metallica is more like almost like a badge, you know, yeah. whereas going and seeing Spirit Box, you're like, you know, holy shit, there's goddamn laser beams everywhere. And I feel I like there's the video screens and it's like it, it's a whole thing. And Bring Me's production on their last tour was yeah. I think maybe one of the best I've ever seen. I went to Coachella and seeing like Billie Eilish and whatnot. It's like, it's pretty, it's pretty up there with like the best production in the world. And when you talk about the best production in the world being associated with a band from our scene, I feel like that's a good omen towards where our scene is going to be able to, you know, carry to, to stay at. And I think the songs are meaningful. So that's the thing with rock is like these songs, if they mean this much to this many people right now, that's not going to change. It's like, how long have Lincoln Park been gone now? <clears throat> and look at them. They're still like riding the top of the charts. Yep. Like numb is still, it's been 20 something years and that song still means the same that it did. So I just think rock has a little bit more lasting power within the songs themselves where you're going to want to sing, you know, whatever song from your favorite band for the next 20, 30 years. And it's going to feel like the first time so many different times because of the way that you're going to be able to be at the show and then be like just enveloped in whatever the production is. hundred percent. And I, I agree with you. I think that there's a lot of bands doing it. And I think a lot of these bands don't even realize that I mentioned it to Ricky from motionless and white. I was like, they're writing these slower kind of big ballad songs that no one else is doing. I'm like, do you guys like understand your writing? Like, those big ballads that you know poison or whoever put out back in the day but for the modern world and yeah i think these bands might not realize that they're that they're creating that environment that they will be the future of this genre and it is crazy that at one point they are in the same exact position as all of us and that's it's just good yeah. to see it, it's really cool another band is ice nine kills who oh you yeah know, they took their thing they found their lane and then they expanded it to a level where it's like you, I know people who go to their concerts that they don't even really know all the songs and right. they they some of them aren't even going just for that it's an experience it's mm-hmm. you know it's like a it's like watching a a musical or something and right. so I I just think there's a lot of really cool um, creative uh, environments that our our peers are are creating for fans and mm-hmm. I I I'm looking forward to the next five years because I really truly think that. You know, we're seeing breakdowns. Of, we have songs on the radio right now, like terrestrial radio, that have a breakdown. I'm like, right. that's crazy to me. But that's just 
proving that we're breaking through and it's like it's just becoming a socially acceptable thing instead of like oh i don't understand it this is just noise like that kind of mentality is i don't really hear that anymore definitely it's like you know my mom she's 60 years old she'll play some of my songs like at the hospital for the nurses and there's like people are like oh i get i like this right and it's like she would do that 10 years ago and they'd be like okay like we love that you love your son but please don't play this <laughs> right yeah and so definitely i'm very hopeful for the future and i gotta shout out electric cowboy as well um yes yes they i want to see them live um really bad i just yeah. feel like it would be so fun the first tour we did with them was in 2013 and even back then they were just on another freaking level and now they're through the roof so i gotta shout them out and for the future of rock and metal, like they're up there with pushing it, you know, Romstein status. Um, yeah. No, they, I, I think I think we're gonna see a lot of really cool shit happen the next five years. Thank you, and uh, I appreciate you here talking to me and all this, and um, you know, taking your time and chilling. Of course, man. I'm glad you reached out, and uh, um, yeah, I, I'm glad we got to catch up on music life, and hopefully, someone listening got got something from it. I'm sure they did. All right. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Sounds good, bud. Bye. Thank you for listening all the way through that podcast with Telly. Again, make sure you head over to burnthisworld.com and click join the community and also burnthisworld.com slash coffee and pick you up some black coffee. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out.